everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Silicon Dreams on Radio Zindagi, 11.70 a.m. With me in the studio today, I have Katie Jia and I have Joey Kong. And what we are going to do is we are going to cover investments and investment trends in the world of Web3. This is your show host, Sonia Ahuja, founder and CEO of Orbis86, where we are onboarding with the power of AI, the next million people into Web3. Without further ado, let's get into our conversations for today. I'm going to first go to our guests and ask them to introduce themselves to our lovely audience listening to the Web3 Pulse by the Silicon Dreams on Radio Zindagi 1550 AM. Hey, KJ, welcome to the show. Why don't you go ahead and introduce your audi- our audience to you and also talk about what you're working on in this wild, wild west world of Web3. Okay, this is amazing. Thank you, Sonia. And uh, I'm so honored to be here today. And this is my first time on air. And uh, it's, it's the experience very different. Uh, my name is KJ. Uh, I'm the partner, the founding partner from One Piece Labs. Uh, we are an early stage Web3 fund, venture capital and incubator and a community based in the Bay Area. Um, so our job is to, you know, make investments and help founders to grow. And uh, the very, very recent update from us is we're going to launch our upcoming incubator in August. Uh, I, can, I can share more later, but now I can pass to the other guests. Hey, Joey. Welcome to the Silicon Dreams on Radio Zindigi 1550 AM. Sure. It's my uh, pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm a co-founder, also the manager partner of Long Growth Fund. We are 10 months. We are a university from the family offices and uh, team up with uh, two other co-founders, uh, you know, from uh, Web2 industry. And uh, I can, like, run into this, uh, you know, crypto and blockchain rabbit hole back in, like, uh, early, late 2018. Uh, you know, started my career at OKX Ventures, you know, followed by five years in GP Morgan. You know, come from a trade I definitely see, like, big potential uh, growing the, you know, Web3 industry. And uh, happy to be here. Welcome, Joey. Welcome, KJ. Guys, both Joey and KJ have years of experience in Web3, have seen the crests and the traps in the world of Web3, because as we know, cryptocurrency, NFTs, they have been... They have seen quite the ups and downs. So we have two seasoned speakers with us here joining us as guests in the studio. So we are definitely going to leverage their experience and talk to them about what is happening and what are the trends that they see that would be rocking the world of Web3 in the next five to ten years. So KJ, let me start with you. You said you have an upcoming incubator, your second batch for the One Piece Labs incubator launching in July. Is that right? Uh, actually, third batch. The third batch, right? <laughs> so, what is going to be the theme? What, and I believe that theme will dictate what your investment thesis are also about. That's right. Uh, so we have done the first two batches things last year and it went really well. And uh, this time we want to do something more and a little bit different. Say this time we're going to work together with another layer one, which is say ICEI together. So, uh, Compared to the previous batches, you know, I only, you know, work with the founders myself. 
this time we have the ecosystem supporters, you know, the layer one, you know, come in. We're going to work together, provide better resources for our founders and help them to grow. And also for the curriculum, it's a little bit different. You know, we used to do a lot of like, you know, lectures, public speaking, things like that. People love it, but it's a little bit too much because Everybody has different problems. So this time we also have like a mentor program, you know, to dedicate, solve the individual problems. So uh, anyway, so no matter what we do, the only goal is to help Web3 early founders to grow and survive during the bear market for sure. Amazing. So, Shai, it's another layer one, a new layer one, and I believe they are well-funded. They have been making the waves. Uh, they, you know, you see them if you are following crypto you see them in news in terms of the focus for this next batch are you focusing on something in particular like are you focusing on people who are building infrastructure or are you pers- focusing on maybe web3 games do you have any such focus areas yeah very good question so uh i, I we are going to focus on three subjects the first is game fi and the second social fi and the third is web3 plus ai so uh the common things for those three subjects because they all could bring the real traffic from Web 2 to Web 3. So actually, there's a story. So I was like debating with another friend from AI all the time, say, oh, why is Web 3, why is AI, why are we are so hot? So um, there's one thing I cannot beat him. He said, the AI has a real use case. Like he asked me, KJ, do you use ChatGPT every day? I answer yes. I use ChatGPT every day. I kind of like don't need interns for the summer because I have ChatGPT. So this is the real use case. What about Web 3? There is a lot of good things about Web3, but there's not one thing everybody can use it every day. So that's why I'm thinking. So maybe social fi, maybe game fi, maybe something, you know, like the combination between the Web3 and AI can become a real use case. People like Web3 native or Web2, like my parents, you know, they can actually use it every day. That's actually a great point that you made here, right? Like, what are those use cases that will impact people in their day-to-day lives? We have to focus on those because it's through those use cases that we can bring in the next billion people into Web3. With that being said, Joey Legrand is fun. Do you want to actually start off with your story? How did you come about founding a fund of your own and then talk to us about your investment thesis? Yeah, I like, uh, I come from like a finance background and, uh, I've been through the early years after my graduations. I've been all like focusing on primary market, second market trading, equity research. And, uh, I always define myself like a finance guy and like to, uh, cooperate with people, uh, you know, from a product uh, or a tech background. And, uh, well, luckily I got those two. Uh, last year and uh, they were like uh, you know they they kind of like thinking uh that web3 is a uh, big opportunity to to enter and uh, even though it is like uh, almost cradle winter uh they still have the face like uh, like I do so I we just thought it to be cool that if I can just um, you know start our own venture studio and just like grow this long healthy relationship with uh our co-hosts, uh, like those of the portfolio companies. And, uh, we've been, uh, like, uh, investing, uh, since, uh, July last year. And we have done like 10 deals, including two, uh, in AI region. And, uh, we're uh, excited to see more, you know, founders in AI and Web3. Uh, we, we, I guess we're focusing on like all verticals, uh, in those two, uh, regions and, uh, nothing in particular. Uh, we would not look at it. 
but um, as for this time frame, um, we want to be focusing on more like uh, Web3 games, uh, some like uh, a generative AI, you know, applications, and some of the uh, infrastructure and uh, DeFi. Amazing. So it seems like both of you definitely have those overlapping focus areas, right, where you spoke about GameFi and then you also spoke about Web3 and AI. Maybe before we proceed ahead, I want to quickly ask the two of you in the past couple of months, right, because as Joey just pointed out, I don't know if it's almost crypto winter or it is crypto winter. (laughs) Things definitely feel grim. You also feel the pressure of uh, the regulations that have been closing in on everyone. And there would be something good that comes out of it. But at the moment, things are in murky waters. Now, that being said, KJ and Joey, what I would love to hear from you is in the past couple of months, right, like literally your most recent investments, if you could if you could share any details about the companies that you invested in, the the most recent one or two investments that would also help the audience and also the Web3 natives understand what are investors looking at. So maybe, you know, Joey, you could go with this first and talk to us about your last investment or the last two investments and what are those companies working on. And from your perspective, why did you bet on those founders and those companies? Yeah, that's a definitely good question. I don't want to share too much about our portable com- companies, but I definitely want to go into deep just to give you, I guess, a perspective about our thesis. I think uh, as uh, like early investors, you know, like we're only focusing on pre-seed and seed with the check size uh, varies from uh, 50K to uh, 500K. Uh, the early founders are the key towards the success. Uh, I mean, many people have the ideas, but ideas are cheap. And uh, I think uh, they have to build up at least some MVP for us. I mean, even like illustrate some demo days that to prove the point that it, they can build something great in the future. And uh, uh, if they choose the, you know, the set the factors that are like too competitive, they have to have like at least two to four different features that we don't see in other products. And uh, they have to be like fully commitment, have this vision uh, to go somewhere and through the, you know, the talks with founder founders and through the years, uh, that we've been know them, like, uh, at least for Raps uh, you know, uh, like sector, we've been uh, doing this for like almost five years. So we have to build these uh, connections and resources, uh, worldwide. Uh, so we have a great deal of, uh, uh, deal sourcing platform and, uh, a lot of, uh, deal flow share with, uh, and other VCs around the years, uh, we think, um, you know, it'd be great even if we are in this crypto winter, we can still see some improvements and hopefully we'll see them grow in last, in, in next bull run. And, uh, uh, to answer your questions, I want to point out like one for each. Um, the recent, uh, Web3, uh, products we invest called VEDAO. It is, uh, considered as, uh, you know, data, Aggregator, uh, media platform, and also a launchpad. Like, uh, if if you go into any of those like vertical, you would see it's like too narrow, it's like already too, like way too competitive. So when you see something like way too competitive, uh, and I think the solution is not to like build something inside this vertical. Rather, you just take out all the comms because you know it's already too competitive, and you build something like one step forward. That's the key. So for Web3, we, we, we see like so many builders 
like traveling around the world, like pitching to the investors, it's to sell their stories over and over again, and、uh, we we just don't see the efficiency out of it. So do we think it'd be cool if we build this platform where the builders can just concentrate on their、uh, products, and later on, once they they feel like the you know it's go to marketing moment, they can just kick off. You can just show their brand. You can just put their products there, and also their platforms would uh, uh, generate this uh, like real time、uh, on-chain data parsing. Whereas you can see all the you know like real time、uh, indicators that could、uh, show these products can be really great. And uh, another uh, product in AI is like、uh, it is actually very simple.、Uh, if you tell a storyline, like、uh, I don't know if you have kids or if you have.、Uh, You know, young I'm sure guys, our、uh, listeners have kids. They yeah. can relate. <laughs> yeah, I mean,、uh, like they wanna, like they 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 don't read books, right? Like I mean, those people, like je- like after I don't know, twenty、uh, ten or twenty fifteen, born was,、uh, they only wanna watch the videos, right?、Uh, so if we you tell them like four or five sentences to describe a story, and you use generative AI, you can create like a video out of it. I think what I always think would be. Pretty cool, because animated videos、uh, can represent the future. So I think、uh, by just put input those words or voice messages in what ways and generate like lovely, like animated videos,、uh, could be something exciting. We see the future. So those are the the the, the two projects、uh, we recently、uh, got deeply involved, invested, and、uh, yeah. That you're working on, I believe that video content has been what has transformed the last decade. We have seen video content being consumed every single day. I quite often talk about how TikTok started their journey in 2018 and have already crossed over a billion users. We are much behind in Web3 compared to that, but that also shows to you the strength of video messages. And we normally say a picture is worth a thousand words. And a video has at least 24 pictures in a single second, so definitely worth a few thousand words. With that being said, KJ, I'll come to you. So,、uh, Joey, thanks for talking to us about the platform for investment indicators that you invested in, as well as the story building platform. Happy to. And KJ, your last investment or the last two invest- investments, what was the selling point? What made you bet on those? Yeah, totally.、Uh, I can share two projects that I can,、um, you know, share the name and what they do and、uh, why I want it. You know, I made the decision to make the investments. So、uh, the first project is called Sparrow Swap.、Uh, actually,、uh, they are the decentralized exchange. Actually, the largest decentralized exchange on Sei SEI. So I made the, the decision not only because. You know, I'm like a big fan of Say.、Uh, actually, there's a couple more other reasons. So first of all,、uh, you know, there's a lot of referrals. So when I talk to different like Web3, you know, investor connections in the space, and I mention about this project, people just put good words on the founders. So this is a very very good sign I'm looking at. And、uh, second, so if you are in the space, you know, the DAX is. Very important, you know, to the chain, and the, usually the DAX、uh, work closely with the chain people. So I also talk to the founder of Say, you know, Jeff, and also I talk to the rest of the team, you know, their head of growth, head of marketing, you know, I just, you know, just 
do the due diligence, you know, say how good is the team? Do you work close together? Like, uh, do you like them? You know, like as a person, whatever. And I, I always get like very f- good feedbacks. I can tell this team is really connected in the space and a very good uh, personality and uh, willing to work. And uh, it is it, amazing. And during the during the meetings, you know, I ask like tough questions, regular questions, give like tasks and uh, let them to do more research and uh, there's more improvement all the things like that they show like a huge execution skills so this is like a big plus you know for you know like me uh making a decision investment decision so uh sparrow swap is totally a very good investment i made like last month I think that's one. And also there's another one and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Web3 plus AI. Uh, the name of project is called uh, Path Integral, but actually they use the product name called txyz.ai on ChatGPT. Uh, they have a, they built a plugin on ChatGPT and they were the first batch of the 200 plugin. You can find them right now on the, on the, on the uh, ChatGPT. So what they do they they in the design industry so they um let me put it this way so chat gpt can summarize some news or regular paper but when it means the you know like a very academic you know research paper it has a problem so they actually use their own algorithm to better summarize and do research on the research papers so that's what they do and uh, that's the ai part the web3 part is they're gonna build like tokenomics they want to connect the universities professors researchers students phds whatever even the high school student they need to do research right so they want to use the tokenomics to connect everybody and uh, you know provide like a very efficient and healthy reward system to make the whole flow running smoothly so this is uh this is second project so the reason i want to invest in this project not because the ai is a buzzword right i think it has a real use case. I consulted many PhD candidates and they feel, you know, they usually spend 15 days to read a paper. And after all, they feel, oh, damn, I didn't learn anything from the paper or it's not a good thing I need to rate. So, or I have to read two, three, five papers. I need to do the comparison by um, the work from the path, path integral. You know, it make everything much, much easier. So there's a, there's a real use case, not for everybody, but for the, the researchers, right? And, and the second, the founder of the, this project is a, a research influencer. He's an influencer, but not like uh, the entertainment part. Is a research part, and he himself has uh, more than uh, ten thousand uh, million f- uh, followers. Uh, sorry, ten million, more than ten million followers on all the medias. So uh, he can really, you know, help himself to promote the product himself, and also uh, he recruit like very good teams all over the world, you know, help him together to build the product. So uh, I think the execution and the go-to-market strategy and the use cases, and they've solved the real problem and execution, I think those things uh, just really, you know, like make me, um, you know, just make quick decision on making investments. Thank you, KJ. And thanks for sharing your perspective. It seems like a lot of your investment decisions are also obviously influenced by 
what investors traditionally look for in founders and the projects that they are building, that they're betting on, right? The founders, they need to have a sound go-to-market strategy. There has to be a viable business model in place, but also the team themselves, right? We normally say that investors look for the A-team, and the A-team is more important than even the product itself. Now, you touched upon two products. So one was SparrowSwap and the other was uh, Integral, Path Integral. Yeah. What I would like to do is just for the sake of the audience that may not know what DEXs are and what swapping is, would you take a few minutes to just introduce the audience to this world of decentralized exchanges? What is it? Why is it important for a chain? And why does it matter to anyone listening into the show today? Uh, sure. You know, I, I try my best to step on anybody's toes. You know, uh, there's like, uh, two kinds of exchange, right? The centralized exchange and decentralized exchange. So what we usually do, you know, at the very beginning, we use the centralized exchange. So big names you have heard say Coinbase, Binance, OKX, that's like centralized exchange. They're good. I mean, you know, very convenient, very efficient. And uh, I use it myself, you know, like many, many years ago. I use it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like good exchange and uh, good service, good UI, UX, you know, everything's great. But the, the, the only problem is you don't own those cryptos. If you bought one Bitcoin on any of those like centralized exchange, it's great. For the most of the time, you can sell it. But some situation, for example, like, you know, FTX, you know, you just cannot sell. You cannot take your money away because it's centralized. So right now, I highly suggest all my friends, you know, everybody should use the decentralized exchange because that's your key. You own the crypto and you can move it and you can transfer it anytime you want it. So this is the difference between centralized and decentralized. Convenient, a little bit trouble uh, for using it, but on the other side, you own the crypto you have, and the and the the, the DAX, right? I mentioned the the Sparrow Swap, so they are the DAX. There's the decentralized one. So if you want to trade cryptos on say and uh, using Sparrow Swap, so you own the crypto, you you can transfer it, hold it anytime you want. For the benefit of the audience, it might be worth mentioning that today, if you want to convert your fiat to crypto. And by fiat, folks who are listening into the Silicon Dreams on radios in the 1550 AM, in the world of Feb3, when you talk about fiat currencies, you're referring to sovereign currencies like the US dollars or the pounds or the euros or the Indian rupees. Mm. So the centralized exchanges actually make that process, swapping from fiat currencies to cryptocurrencies, really easy. They do make money from fees that they charge in terms of the exchange that's being done. And after that, what you could do is take the crypto that you have and from a centralized exchange, move it to your own wallet and then use it on a decentralized exchange. So this is what we're referring to. From what I understand today, we don't actually have a lot of uh, decentralized exchanges that make the swapping between crypto and fiat and vice versa easy for the first timers. Most of the decentralized exchanges exist for cryptocurrencies. So you still need to use centralized exchanges, but given the regulatory scenario, given the fact that we have seen exchanges like FTX collapse, Celsius collapse, and 
in the good old days, we also had Mount Gox, which led to <laughs> Bitcoin tumbling. And this was almost a decade back. But with those examples, it's probably best to leverage the centralized exchanges to swap your crypto and fiat currencies. But as soon as you're done with those swap, you should probably move it to your own personal wallets. And we can talk about wallet security in a completely different segment because that's another topic, a behemoth beast in itself. But with that being said, while we are on the topic of exchanges, I'm going to go to Joey. And Joey, you have experience not just from the decentralized part of the world, but also from traditional finance. You started your career with JP Morgan Chase. You have always been in TradeFi. And then you moved on to OKX Ventures. But as uh, as KJ just mentioned, you know, even OKX is a centralized exchange. And in fact, if I'm not wrong, probably uh, the biggest exchange when it comes to derivative tradings. Uh, OKX is also the second largest exchange across the globe. So with your experience, especially for the people who are listening in, anyone in there who goes to the stock market, let's say, every day today and they are trading stocks, what would be your advice to them or if you are talking to a trader who is listening in how do you say they could start their journey in the world of trading in web3 be it on centralized exchange or a decentralized exchange yeah first of all i want to clarify that any society will not consider it as any of the financial advisors uh, just like uh, you know, pure sharing and uh, just share some of the thoughts and the ideas that I have uh, since I got into the crypto. And yeah, definitely when I uh, went into this rabbit hole, I got a like very uh, different second opinions, especially from the you know the trade guy, uh, uh, the, the trade five pals. Like they were like, uh, "Are you out of your mind? You know, like uh, you know, you got a secure job in JP Morgan, you got to keep it, you got to just get, you know keep fight it, and until one of the days you may you know get into some high executive levels, and uh, that's it." I was like, uh, "Well, that's not the life I want." And just uh, uh, if you didn't see the like big uh, potential of what's really that's uh, uh, well, that's your loss. I uh, I didn't. Uh, Really, uh, like make a like hard decision when I, um, you know, uh, transitioned from the uh, TradeFi, and uh, uh, luckily I got into OKX as you said. Uh, it was a, a pretty good journey for uh, almost four years, uh, being going back and forth here, Hong Kong, Singapore, and other places. Uh, not only for investments, but uh, you know, finding those brokers, market makers. Some tell, sometimes we're gonna also be responsible for the retail yielders' growth. You know, being uh, doing a lot of uh, uh, perspectives and job duties uh, over over last uh, over the the four years. And uh, I think uh, I've been seeing so many people uh, that they they made a fortune in the first place. Uh, they didn't hold it in the very last. Uh, as, as, like, things, same things happen over, over and again in the history. If you take, uh, you know, into U.S. stocks as an example, you see many of the, uh, you know, like, uh, funding managers, they probably can, uh, like, just, uh, have more, uh, profits than, let's see, for example, Warren Buffett and the Berkshire, uh, company. Like, almost, almost like two or three years, if you give some of the, Credits to the excellent, um, you know, those like uh, funding managers back then. But uh, you see what happens? They didn't last. 
they made, made some mistakes and uh, they did, did some like uh, hedge funds that they were not supposed to, uh, you know, bet the money on, and uh, they disappeared over the years. You know, I think uh, for the for the first thing in the industry, in, the, in terms of whatever trading you want to do, centralized, decentralized NFTs. Any of the investments, you gotta, you gotta, like, ask one thing. You know, if you, you have, you had to ask one thing. What if I lost the all the money? I'm gonna invest. And if you can take the, the hit, if, if, God forbid that happens, and then you put the trigger. So don't, like, go all in. Don't invest all of your money. Don't bet your house. Don't, you know, bet all of the savings. Uh, if you have the family to raise, if you, you know, have something in the future plan to do. That uh, you know, just please reserve the money that, and uh, only invest in the money that you afford to be lost, and uh, to to make sure that all the money that you invest can have a good return in the future. I think you have to like do your research by yourself. Don't listen to the. Uh, I hate this, but <laughs> I, I I I may offend to some of the <laughs> speaker the listeners. Uh, you know, here and there, uh, it's it just, uh, I, I respect all the opinions, you know, those, uh, KOLs influencers. I, I think they're, uh, they just want their followers to, uh, like make the right decisions, but it's just, uh, at the end of the day, it is you who has to be responsible for your own money. And, uh, so when, when, when you make a decision to, uh, you know, like do some like day trade or some long investments, uh, some of the early deals, even, you know, those, you, you give the money to those people you trust, uh, in your lifetime, you still need to, uh, ask you this one thing. And also, uh, I, I think, uh, do your own research doesn't mean that, uh, uh, you know, like just by yourself, you know, there are so many tools, resources, platforms, uh, like all of the newsletters you can rely on. Just don't, uh, like make the decision because you, you, you just like did, I don't know, one day research and then you thought, okay, this is, uh, uh this is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not like that. And, uh, well, I mean, uh, if you are talking about like, uh, this assets management, uh, you don't want to put all of your money either into two risky areas or like putting to the bank, right? You, you're gonna like, uh, Make, uh, very reasonable portions. Maybe, I don't know, 20% to the risk, uh, 20 other percent of your assets going to some, like, uh, uh, real estates or whatever, and, uh, some of like 20 or 30%, uh, to your friends, you want to do some LPs, um, you, and it's some other, uh, of the money you invest, you want to do some day trade just to see if you really got it. But, uh, uh, seeing this, like, I, I, I always see like the personal day traders, uh, cannot outperformance with those, uh, professional, uh, teams. You know, like the, they, they are executed without emotions. You know, they are, I don't want to see like working out a robots, but I'm saying they do what is it has to do. Either cuts a loss or makes a profit. They either leverage a hundred times or whatever decisions they want to make. They, they run. As what they have decided in the first place, they run as the strategies they make. Of course, they want to, the strategies change over time, but I'm just saying, like uh, the human nature is something 
you don't want to touch and you don't want to just test out. Got it. So, Joey, I think that was a packed five minutes, and we didn't just talk about a lot of terms from、uh, decentralized exchange or trading, but also just the traditional finance world, right? We are talking about leveraging hundred X and really taking some risky bets here. So, just to summarize something that、uh, some of the key points that Joey touched on, we have the phrase "Don't put all your eggs into one basket," and unfortunately, I believe that cryptocurrency. Yes, even though it has the word term currency, we don't go and use it as a currency. We don't walk up to the grocery store today to buy with crypto. We will get there, but we are not there yet. And everyone looks at cryptocurrencies as a high risk asset investment class. So, like Joey was saying, right, when you are diversifying your portfolio, definitely don't want hundred percent of your net worth invested into a single high risk asset class. You want to diversify it. You put some in real estate. You put some in in your friends and family, right? You bet on their businesses, and then you take some of it. And what Joey mentioned here was, you take money that you think you are okay losing and put that into crypto. But also, it's important that you understand the market. So. What Joey said, and I know we spoke about influencers here in the world of crypto, with regulations being very murky. Unfortunately, most of the times,、uh, the mainstream news will not talk about the more successful projects. So you hear about them from influencers. However, I will reiterate on the word of caution that Joey put out right now: don't just follow the hype. And we see these cycles come up. Recently, there was a huge hype around Pepe, a meme coin, and the meme coin hype. The last time we saw that, we saw Doge and Shiba Inu turn into behemoths and giants by themselves.、Uh, however, they are obviously significantly down from their all-time highs, and now we saw Pepe. And with Pepe, we saw another flurry of meme coins just flooding the market. The thing, though, is most of the times when an average Joe hears about the meme coin, it has already gotten to a point where people are going to start exiting their investment into that meme coin. So, for most of the folks, if you're not getting in really early, by the time you hear about it, what you are doing when you are buying that coin is you are becoming the exit liquidity for all of the early investors. <laughs> Which is why it's very important what Joey said. Don't just do your research for an hour or for one day. Like suddenly you see a meme coin trending on Twitter, and you see it trending for a couple of days, and then you're like, "Oh, I need to put all my money onto this meme coin." Please don't do that. And yes, obviously, again, reiterating the first cautionary disclaimer that Joey put out. This is not necessarily financial advice. The reason why we mentioned that is because we want people to go and do their own. Research and yes, we are not financial advisors. So, on any side of the spectrum, we cannot provide, we cannot give out financial advice. However, we can talk to our experiences, what we have seen. And with that being said, KJ, I am going to come to you because you know you have come into the world of Web three from a traditional VC firm. You used to use. I,、yes. you know, you you were affiliated. You are affiliated with Up Honest Capital, and in a way, when you're investing in Web three companies, 
it's the same, right? You're making some risky moves. So from your perspective, uh, how did this journey come about? So moving from Web2 companies to Web3 companies, and despite the crypto winter, you're still investing in Web3 companies. So what is that true potential? I know we spoke about that everyday use case, Mm. but just beyond that, where do you think Web3s or decentralization's true prowess really lies that made you transition from the traditional Web2 world to Web3 world? Is it just the money money aspect of it or is it something larger than that? I would love to hear your perspective. Right. Um, so, uh, like you mentioned, you know, I came from, you know, Abundance Capital, which is a traditional Web2 early stage fund, also based in the Valley. And the things like 2017, you know, I was like obsessed with Web3 and I always wanted to, you know, Web3 investments. Uh, for now, you know, compare my Web2 investment experience or my Web3 experience, investment experience, I think that basically the same, you know, like, you know, looking to the team, the traction, you know, product and eventually invest in money and my time and resources help them to grow. Um, and, uh, like, you know, back to, back to the question, say the use case is the, is the thing. And what I really believe is the decentralization. There's many, many good things about blockchain, you know, but the one thing I really care about is the decentralization. So, uh, some people, very native people are gonna say, okay, decentralization all the way, right? Like nothing should be tracked, nothing should be regulated. We are like free people, free money, free uh, organization. Um, yes and wrong. I mean, I am a big believer of you know decentralization, but I still feel there's like gonna be some level of the regulation and some level of the centralization, you know, like mixed in the decentralization, just like AI just like self-driving cars, just like, you know, whatever things we see today, right? Or like, like, uh, Coke Zero, right? You cannot co- drink Coke Zero every day. Even we love Coke and, uh, even that's like a zero sugar. So I think it's going to be some level of decentralization. So, uh, right now we have a couple of problems, say, you know, traditional old web two problems, say we cannot transfer where money during the weekends. Uh, the bank gonna charge us the bank fees, things like that. You know, we, that's my money. You know, I, I need to transfer it and I don't want to get charged. Those things can, you know, get killed, you know, by blockchain and, uh, some money we should get decentralized, but some money should not be decentralized. So I think if I look in the, the near future, the next three to five years, uh, I definitely gonna see more and more decentralization. Uh, come to our life, not just Web3, actually Web2, the apps, everyday life, use cases, work, financial, you're going to say more, you know, I, I guarantee that. I love hearing that from you, KJ, that you are a true believer of decentralization, right? And as you, as you said, even I personally believe that decentralization isn't the answer to all the problems. There have to be instances where knowledge, data, transactions are centralized. For example, government bodies, when we see them working, governments are not going to necessarily put all of uh, their military data or whatnot onto decentralized platforms, right, where it's fully transparent, everything can be tracked because it is putting the security of an entire nation at risk if you do that. However, on the other hand, 
probably perhaps cities when they have the votes going on right or if they have uh, the funds being distributed like information that is already public that information could then be on chain it also makes it very easy for distribution and the validation becomes much easier as well when you are looking at information on decentralized exchanges more importantly though in the past two decades with the augment of internet we are talking about web 3 year the past two decades have been web 2 right when we look at web 1 for example web 1 was where all the information was static and also web 1 was pretty decentralized because people would contribute to the information people would consume the in- information and that was about it web 2 is where the dynamism started and we started having these dynamic apps and dynamic uh, data sources show up the web applications come up however the past two decades have resulted in huge centralized conglomerates being formed so today if we look at the stock market for example right i feel like the stock market is hardly decentralized because 70% of the entire stock market net worth is actually vested in just the top 5 companies and there are hundreds if not thousands of companies that make up the stock market yet the entire stock market is sort of sitting on the back of the five big behemoths right now that kind of power those kind of uh, riches can actually be distributed amongst the community members so i love the notion of decentralization really helping bridge the gap between in the society that we see from not just you know the gaps between the rich and the poor but we are also talking about demographic gaps about gaps in gender and you know using decentralization as a way to just let people easily access opportunities access information and be able to participate in free trades uh, that being said joey what like ranus fund right you have been now investing in as you said your thesis is also around gamefi it's around around uh, getting more infrastructure being built out i would love to quickly touch upon what both of you to talk about game 5 because that's something that we don't talk as much a lot of the times when people think about games they might not realize what a big industry it is but every person who has played candy crush saga or played uh, need for speed or counter strike any time in their life as could actually associate themselves as being a gamer and if i'm not wrong more than 3 billion people in the world identify themselves as a gamer so when it comes to game five how do you see web3 transforming the traditional gaming industries because we do see some resistance from those industries as well for people coming over and it could be attributed to some bad plays with play to earn but i see so many investors still betting on gamefi how do you see web3 really transforming gamefi yeah first of all i uh, appreciate that is question about our uh, you know investment thesis uh we we don't want to just call it a game fight because it's more like uh, just p2e we would like to call it uh web3 games or like games uh like or crypto games in a way but more like web3 games 
you know, it's just like. Joey, uh, would you would you talk about the difference? Because I think you've made a great point, but just for the audience to understand, game five versus web three games, what is the difference here? Yeah. Uh, so uh, in most cases, people refer game five like uh, you either uh, you know play to earn the uh, tokens. So it, it's like. Uh, Almost like work, you know, you 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 do things and you earn money. The difference is only like you you play the games. Uh, so those those games are not that uh, fun. And in terms of quality, the UI UX, the uh, basically every aspects. And uh, the Web3 games could be in a way that you build some of the uh, games on chains. For for example, there are many uh, gaming assets would uh, exist in NFTs, and those uh, NFTs they're uh, being like on chain. So like uh, as uh, I think everybody knows Vitalik, right? He, the the one of the reasons he uh, you know started this uh, Ethereum Foundation was that. Uh, uh, he wasn't happy about the, the one centralized game he, he played and uh, the, the assets um, actually he earned didn't belong to himself. So when, when the games ended in a way or, uh, you know, the, they just decided to change the games. One way or another, uh, he lost the, the, uh, the last assets that uh, uh, should belong to him. So yeah. just to clarify here, so Vitalik Buterin, you know, for people who don't know him, which of outside of the Web3 world, there are people who might not know who Vitalik is, but mm-hmm. Vitalik Buterin is the founder of the second largest cryptocurrency in the world by market cap Ethereum. And when Ethereum was launched, the one way it saw adoption skyrocket was because it also introduced smart contracts so bitcoin was just supposed to be a cryptocurrency and as we know you know a currency is a transactional store of value but ethereum allowed people to actually build decentralized applications on a decentralized chain and that is how web3 even started you know i i think we could say that so vitalik buterin here i i actually did not know the story that you know he started ethereum because he wasn't happy that his own assets didn't belong to him Mm -hmm. but for anyone in the gaming anyone who plays any games right what we are talking about here is when you make an in-game purchase so let's say you are playing a counter-strike or any of the playing games you buy a new skin for your character or you buy weapons in the game those do not truly belong to you you pay for those assets but then tomorrow if the game developers decide not to not to just shut down the platform or not to honor those assets anymore or change the functionality of that you don't really have any say in it so that's what when we are talking about ownership that's what we're talking about that even though you have paid for it you don't really own it because the assets still belong in game and they belong to the game devs than belonging to you all right joey sorry for that interruption but i just wanted to clarify it for the sake of the audience so yeah, thank you for the idea i think that definitely uh, gives uh, people like who are f- not familiar with Web3 a uh, better perspective about uh, our industry. And also, I, I think we're uh, talking about the same thing with uh, whole decentralizations. This is uh, one of the, the like real user cases that uh, even in games, you you know, you got to protect your assets. So when uh, you build some uh, Web3 games, your assets would uh, always belong to you. Uh, well, I mean. You don't lose your uh, private key or that. Uh, I, I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm just saying like the, all the assets belong to you. That, that could be a v- real game changer. It, it just, uh, I personally know some of the gaming studios are, uh, like, uh, embrace their arms to, uh, the crypto and blockchain. They are 
working on some of the games that probably launch either uh, next year or the year after. It's a long-term uh, build. And yeah, I, I, I personally would uh, uh, pretty bullish on the Web3 games, not necessarily uh, GameFi. And uh, yeah, uh, talking about infrastructure, uh, we, we got some early allocation from the NEO uh, and also uh, Ontology. Th- those are like the la- layer ones uh, back in 2018. And uh, I think definitely there could be some layer ones coming up, uh, you know, in the next uh, uh, four-year circle. Not necessarily the the move languages ones, although I uh, fully respect those. Um, but but right now, yeah, def- definitely everybody's talking about the EVMs. Uh, I I'm a, a big user guy myself as well, and uh, uh, yeah, we can talk also talking about like the interface. Uh, I think the like whole uh, crypto and blockchain, this uh, decentralized culture, uh, is yet to be developed. We we only been doing this for like ten years, even after uh, the Bitcoin and Satoshi, uh, you know, you know what I mean. And uh, you know, if you're talking about the artificial intelligence, it's uh, uh, been existed since the 1960s, and uh, uh, like the, the GPT is definitely uh, one of the uh, killer application we see, you know, iPhone moments. Uh, and we would love to see some uh, uh, killer applications uh, in crypto and blockchain in the future that could be also be the iPhone moment. Uh, so we 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 just uh, love to be you know on this journey and to uh, very be very excited to work closely with these founders. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that perspective, Joey. KJ, coming back to you, you know, you spoke about being excited with social fi, right? And we have obviously seen an entire economy being created, the creator economy, as we call it, built on the back of the introduction of social media platforms. So social media platforms that were just meant to be a fun way for people to connect resulted in the creation of an entire new economic segment, the creator economy. However, even within the creator economy, we have seen a lot of cases of creators not getting their due respect and getting their money's worth. They are the ones creating the content. In this recent case where Twitch tried to, again, uh, you know, strong hand, they are creators. They were trying to ask the creators to literally not do any sponsored ads outside of the Twitch platform, right? And we know creators make a lot of money from direct promotions where 100% of it goes to them. It does None of it goes to the platform. This time, the creators were able to fight back. But it goes back to the same thing. What if Twitch suddenly shuts down their account? And the same goes for YouTube. The same goes for Facebook, Twitter. And we have seen Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, these companies shut down the accounts of creators and especially the micro-influencers who are unable to do anything to even get that back and they have to restart their journey again. Social fight, decentralization backing social media. How do you think will that be a game changer for this entire economy that we are talking about? Even the creator economy is expected to grow at an annual compounded growth rate of, uh, I think it's like 30 to 100 percent a year. And by 2030, it would be a huge multi-billion dollar industry. How do you see Web3 transforming this experience for creators as well as the consumers? Yeah, totally. Uh, so actually, why I see social fi and game fi, I 
see pretty much the same thing. So they actually provide two strong benefits to the crowd, to the community. Say the first thing is the ownership. So no matter you're a creator or you're a gamer, you're a user, right? So you own the information. It's not just information. It's like your digital assets, your credential, and all the information. You own it. So the ownership is very important. So that's the first thing can you know SocialFi and GameFi provide to the public. And the second thing is the incentive. You know, uh, tokenomic is amazing. So the you know for the creators, they can earn tokens. The followers, they have ways to earn tokens. The game publisher, they can earn tokens, and the gamers can earn tokens. So they, so I don't want to go deep too deep in this tokenomics, but if you have the right people, right team, have a right goal. That's very important. You have a right goal. You can definitely build a very successful and efficient tokenomics to make everybody happy in this, uh, you know, in this, uh, in this company. So I can, I can, I want to bring an example to explain what I just said. So for example, my phone number is one, two, three, four, right? I'm using ATT. And the next day I feel Verizon has a better plan. I want to go with Verizon. Do I have to cancel my number and lose all the contact with my friends? I mean, 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, you have to do that. But right now, you don't have to. You can just carry the number to the next service provider, right? It imagine this. It just like social fan game fine. Say, I have all my information, all the followers on Twitter, and today I suddenly decide I don't want to use Twitter. I want to use Twitch. I want to use something Discord, right? I can immediately transfer all my assets and all my information connection from Twitter to Discord because you own the assets. And I want to mention name, the Blue Sky. Blue Sky is the Web3 version of the Twitter. Please check it out. It's an amazing platform. And it is created by the creator of Twitter. It is launched by Jack Dorsey. <laughs> yes, yes. I just, uh, I was so blessed. I got one invitation code from my friend. So I'm still waiting for one. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I'm officially on the Blue Sky. I probably want to send the first, my Blue Sky tweet about this uh, on-air thing, you know, today. You know, it's amazing. Silicon Dreams. So uh, let's back to topic. Say the game fight, the same thing, right? So you can carry all your NFT assets from one platform to the other platform, play the different game or launch a different game. So this is amazing. And also, there's another good news I'm reading recently, say the ERC uh, 6551. So it's a proposal to upgrade the Ethereum mainnet. So actually, you know, make you have the dynamic NFT to carry over the assets, the tokens. So eventually, I mean, this whole upgrade is not done yet. It's just a proposal. If this comes true, land it on ground, we can imagine it's going to totally disrupt the wallet industry, gaming industry, token industry, NFT industry, everything. Because eventually, my NFT is not just like a cute picture I can put on my profile. Actually, it's a wallet. You can everything connect to the NFT. But, I mean, back to the topic. Uh, the ownership is important and incentive is important. 
Thank you, KJ. And with that, we have come to an end of this segment of the Silicon Dreams. Thank Joey and KJ for joining us today on another episode of the Silicon Dreams. And guys, again, you know, we spoke about Web3, we spoke about investment. So do your own research. Make sure you're not putting all your eggs in the same basket. Look at the trends of GameFi, SocialFi, and start exploring Web3. And with that, I want to say bye to all the audiences of the Silicon Dreams and Radio Zindagi, 15.50 a.m. This is your show host, Sonia Ahuja, founder of Orbis 86.